Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. Amen. Amen. Well, we're getting ready to get into the holidays. You looking forward to it? Yes, Thanksgiving is on the way, and I'm looking to eat as much as I can and then recover and try to get back in the gym and work it off. Amen? Yes. Uh, But one of the things about me is I love spending time with family. I love spending time with loved ones, and the holidays is always an opportunity to do so. Uh, For me, in my home on Sabbaths and also during the holidays was an opportunity for our family to put out a spread of food. Because in my home, they wanted to put more food on the table than they were expecting company to come. You know why? Because for them, you never know who's going to come over. And so you want to have more. So you know what that meant? We had leftovers, right? For two, three days, sometimes the whole week, okay? And so the food was always something I was looking forward to, but it was also the company being spread out where we are now. I'm here in Northern Virginia. My mother and my stepfather are down in South Carolina. South Carolina often is the place that we end up. Sometimes we go to New York. And so I've got cousins, my aunt and uncle up there, my father. And then, of course, we've got family in Jamaica, in Canada, in Michigan, and so often in Atlanta. So often this is a time for all of us to come together, like we talked about last night, the experience of the Sabbath. Sabbath is a coming together. And so we would often come together during the holidays to experience fellowship that we don't normally get face-to-face, throughout the year. And the time is rich. The laughter is rich. The jokes are rich. The stories that we tell, right? But one particular time was particularly special for me. It was, Deidre, help me, I think it was uh, Mamita. That was December 2016 or, or 17, 2016. Yeah, when he turned one. 16, correct? Okay. That, that particular holiday season when we were down in South Carolina and we spent Christmas down there, we spent, I believe it was about a week and a half, maybe, or so. All the things I just mentioned to you, right? Um, it was a great, great, great time. I enjoyed it. I did not want it to last, but particularly because it was going to be the last time that I would interact with my grandmother, Mamita. She had reached 101 years old. The year that Ellen White went to sleep in Jesus was the year that she was born. And she wrote a book before she passed called A Hundred Years and Counting. How faithful God had been to her in her life, even at 100 years old. And God was so good, he gave her another year, right? But before, before we said goodbye... Before we said goodbye, she had an opportunity to meet her grand, her, well, her great-grandson, Tommy. 
And we got, we captured a video of them dancing together. It was the first time meeting him. It was during that time also that he started to kind of get comfortable and confident walking by himself while we were down there. And we were able to catch on our iPhone her with my grandmother, Mamita, little mama in Spanish, right? She was there dancing with him for the first time, but also for the last time. It was about maybe uh, a few weeks, three weeks after that, that she passed away. As a matter of fact, on that, uh, I think it was uh, our last day that morning, because her memory was just starting to go, she, I guess, didn't realize we were leaving, and so we told her we were getting ready to go, and I rarely saw her cry. She was always just a very, you know, at peace, kind of restful person, very laid back, but didn't, didn't really cry, very steady, you know, and you didn't really see her. She was like the rock in the family, right? But on that morning, she wept. She didn't cry. She wept when she found out we were leaving. And I think particularly because of how close her and Tommy got in such a short time. And when I reflect back on that experience, and, I, and, and it was a relaxing experience, it was a joyful experience, it was an experience that we had that we captured a lot of memories that we will take for us uh, in our lives forever. But it was one of those moments that I wished would last. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had an experience it was a vacation, it was with someone that you care about deeply, and you wished that that moment wouldn't la would last, right? That it wouldn't stop. You wished it could continue. I wish I had another few days. I wish I had another week. I wish we spent a month. There were things I wish I could have said that I didn't get to say. Did I say enough? If you've ever had that type of experience and you understand what it is to, to, to enter into the rest that is available to us through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through a relationship with Jesus Christ every day, as we talked about last night. And if you've ever experienced, if you've ever really tasted the goodness of God through Jesus Christ, then you know it's something you do not want to fade away. You want it to last. The peace that you have that other people look at you and they say, oh, I wish I had that kind of peace because for me, when I go through what you go through, I want to go to the bottle or my addiction. But you can say, no, I, I go to Jesus, and he gives me peace. He gives me a, an assurance of my salvation, so I'm not there in this anxiety as to whether or not I'm saved, whether or not things are going to be okay. And if you've ever tasted that, especially among other believers, then you must, you must have said to yourself, man, I, I want this to last. I don't want to kind of have this wavering faith. And so our question is here today is, how do we get a lasting rest? Because when we began this series, we talked about people longing for the rest of Eden, because the rest of Eden is pointing us to the rest that we have in Jesus Christ, captured on the seventh-day Sabbath. Then we talked about a rest that remains. We traced the Sabbath after the cross, and we said that the rest of the Sabbath that's pointing to the rest that we have in Jesus Christ remains to this day. But what about beyond 2018? What about after the breakup? What about after you lose the job? What about when you get the diagnosis? Because remember, as we're talking about this rest, we're not only talking about the seventh-day Sabbath rest. 
We are talking about what the Seventh-day Sabbath rest is pointing us to every day. The rest that you have in Jesus. Last night, again, we said that if you want to truly experience the weekly Sabbath rest in its fullness, you need to experience the rest in Christ through the gospel on a daily basis. In order for you to fully get what God wants to bless us with every Seventh-day Sabbath. And we don't want that to fade away. We want it to last. I believe when you go to Revelation chapter 14, this is a chapter, if you're there in your Bibles, it's very unique to us as Seventh-day Adventist Christians. And I hold it very dear to my heart. I believe this is where we're living right now in time. And the Bible, I believe here, is not just hinting. I believe it's, 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 it's shouting even from the text to our hearts today. And I believe it gives us some keys as to how we can have a lasting rest. We can enter the rest in Jesus Christ and on the seventh-day Sabbath, both now and on into eternity. Let's look at what happens to the body of Christ as we read it here, beginning in verse number 7. Because what we discover prior to verse 7 is that this group of people, characterized by three angels' messages, we talked to messages, we talked about this in our message in the summer, uh, good news for Laodicea. And so what we're talking about here is, when it talks about these angels, it's talking about God's people. They have a threefold message. You hear that? It's a gospel message. They are proclaiming, in verse 6, the everlasting gospel. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, by which we have a rest in Christ every day. Amen? Trusting in Jesus Christ for our salvation and the merits of the cross, I have the assurance that I am resting. I am saved in Jesus Christ. And out of this assurance, out of this passion for Jesus, they are preaching this gospel that they're daily experiencing. Are you hearing that? This moves them then to say what we see in verse 7. Fear God. Give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come and worship him. Everyone say worship him. Worship him who made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water. As we said last week, this is borrowing language, Mira, directly from the fourth commandment, which is the Sabbath commandment. These are worshipers of Jesus Christ. They understand, as we talked about in this series, that we are resting in Christ because our creator is also our redeemer who saved us. And so these that have received the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're worshiping Jesus. Now, understand worship, as we sometimes so narrowly describe it, is not just what we did today when we come here. As a matter of fact, if you paid close attention, most of what we've been talking about, even last night when we talked about the experience of the Sabbath, we, we rarely talked about what happens in here. Because the experience in Christ is every day, but the experience on the seventh-day Sabbath begins on Friday night. And there's so much more than the corporate worship experience, as wonderful as that is. All right? So worship is not just what you do when you sing songs, as wonderful as that is. I love to do that. Worship is not just when I, I pray or I read the Bible and hear somebody talk like Pastor CJ, right? Worship is when with my life I ascribe worth to God and say, I love you supremely. Therefore, I will do what? Ever you ask me to do. CJ, take out the trash. Yes, ma'am. Love that lady with my life. Amen? Yes. Tommy needs a dirty diaper. Yes, ma'am. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. 
right? I love you supremely. So I want to spend time with you. Yes, I worship you. Because you are what I value. You are who I value the most. They're worshiping him. But this is borrowing language from the fourth commandment. And it's initially here just kind of hinting at what it's saying. Because yes, they're worshiping him, but I want to guarantee you it's speaking of a deeper, more significant worship. It's speaking, if you go over now to Revelation chapter 14, same chapter down to verse 12, it gives you a description of this group of people initially characterized by these three angels. It says in verse 12, here is the patient. Here's the what? Patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Now, I'm in a Seventh-day Adventist church. So when I got to that particularly faith of Jesus part, everybody should have at at minimum said, "Amen." amen. Yeah, because guess what? They're not keeping commandments to be saved. We've already established that, right? The, the matter of fact, those three angels kind of end the way it begins. It, it's paralleled, right? It's almost like what in, in scholarly circles they call a, an inclusio, right? It, it kind of ends the way it begins. They are preaching the gospel because they're experiencing the gospel. Therefore, they're giving him glory. Therefore, they're worshiping him, right? They want to do whatever. I'm in love with Jesus. Yes. Okay, so it's concluding the same way. They have the faith of Jesus. They've received the gospel of Jesus Christ by faith. So therefore, they are resting in Christ, secure in their salvation in Jesus Christ. And this relationship now out of love, out of gratitude for grace, leads them through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I want to spend 24-hour date day with you, worshiping you among the other nine. Amen? Now, not all the people in the body of Christ are receiving this truth. Many of you here in my church family here understand what I'm talking about. But can I tell you, as you go flip on over a few more chapters to Revelation 18, the Bible says, come out of her, my people. In other words, the majority of God's people are not in our denomination. So let us humble ourselves when we talk about this. Because let me tell you, and I'm experiencing it right now. You come to our Bible study on Thursday night. (laughs) Some of them know Jesus way better than I wish. I, I, I want to know Jesus like some of them. And some of us, some of them are going to replace some of us. Already happening. Wake up. So, what happens in between these two verses? Because I want to tell you, there is a challenge to your worship. There is a challenge to your rest. There is a power even as I'm speaking to you, seeking to rob you of an experience in Christ that is ultimately revealed in your keeping of the seventh-day Sabbath in these last days that does not want your rest to endure. See, some of your translations, as you read, we said here is the patience of the saints, right? Some of your translations say here is the endurance, right, my sister? Here is the endurance of the saints. Here's how our rest can last. In these last days, as we are right now on the brink of eternity, we need an enduring rest. Because our rest is going to be challenged. You see, what you read in verses 9 and 10 of Revelation 14, it says this. Then the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships, here's this theme again. By the way, worship is central to the book of Revelation. Okay? 
if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire, right? Right, 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 right. Bad news. This is the most strong, this is the strongest warning to humanity recorded in scripture. Why? It's not that God is, are we, we've been taught God is love, amen? Even when God is, is issuing a warning, it oozes of the love of God revealed in Christ. Because you don't warn someone you don't care about. And God is letting humanity know. He's letting us know. There is a threat to your worship. Because if you're in Revelation 13, we don't have time to expound on all of that today, but in Revelation 13, it talks about two particular powers. It talks about the beast from the water. Amen? Okay, and this is, this is flowing out of that history in Western Europe. There is an entity, there is a power, a religious political power that is seeking to, that is seeking to persecute the people of God. Amen? Okay, and then that partners with a beast, if you're looking at Revelation chapter 13, come on Bible students, verse 11, right? Oh yeah. Okay, they're very dear to us that live in this country, amen? And so this power now, also taking on a form of religion, taking on a form of Christianity, it is the only reference in Revelation 13, 11, that's speaking of a lamb, that does not refer to Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation, because this particular power is imitating Jesus. But the Bible says it speaks as a dragon. Oh, it looks Christian, but it acts. Its policies, its laws are not Christian. At least that's where the story is going. And this is what it's referring to. Coming back now on over. That Babylon, right? That, that beast power, that conglomerate, right, of government and highly politicized Christianity? Are you hearing me? Yes. Counterfeiting the genuine biblical Christianity? I'm seeing some people nodding their heads. Is underfoot right now as we speak. And is ultimately where this is going. I'm so glad that we get the movie script before this thing actually plays out. Because guess what? The book of Revelation was not to invoke you with fear. It was trying to tell you, you need a faith that endures. And here's how you get it. You need Jesus. Amen. Because when you're resting in Jesus, your rest remains. It lasts. I was watching um, some years ago this show. And I, I know you guys are really sanctified saints. It said, here is the patience of the saints, okay? And so this is a show called Everybody Hates Chris. Y'all have no idea what I'm talking about, but I, I'm glad that you guys are, right? Yeah. All right. Anyway, it's actually not a bad show. It's actually pretty funny. But anyway, uh, this, this young man uh, who plays Chris, right, who's, who's actually Chris Rock, if you, nobody's familiar with Chris Rock in here. Okay, he's a comedian. But anyway, he is playing Chris Rock as a little kid, and, and, and he has a father that's this big muscular guy, right? Right? Okay. Kind of like me. Anyway, so he, um, dad is the kind of guy that really just wants to be there to take care of his family and support, right? He wants to kind of be there, right? To provide and so forth. So anyway, 
Here he is now. It's the scene where he's lying in bed. He's fast asleep. He's in one of those deep sleeps. By the way, I'm a very deep sleeper. There can be a hurricane going on. I'm going to sleep through it. DJ's a light sleeper. Amen. Somebody's got to be a light sleeper, okay? Balances me out. Well, anyway, he's sleeping, and there's supposed to be a fire. By the way, this is just a comedic scene expressing how deep he sleeps. So anyway, there's a scene where there's this fire, and immediately the fire, the fire uh, 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 man, they, they rush into the room where he is. He's sleeping on the bed. There's all kind of craziness and chaos going all around him. They bring in the hose, and they start in the room. He's still asleep. And so they, and then they kind of wet him all over. And he's still, they're splashing him. And he's just like, and then one more, then he moves, but he moves to turn over to the other side. Because he's at rest. Then the scene moves to another side. Man, dad is, he sleeps so deep that it's almost like, and then the scene flashes to this scene. He's driving in a truck because he was a truck driver. He's driving in his truck. And I don't know where he was going, but he's, he's fast asleep at the wheel. And so he's driving, but he's, and I'm talking about he's out, not like your, you know, your eyes are nodding. He's out. And as he's driving, the car is just do, 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 and who knows what he's hitting. And he's fast asleep. You getting the point? You see, they're saying this guy sleeps so deep, right? Guess who that reminds me of? Jesus on the boat in the Sea of Galilee, fast asleep in a storm. How could he do that? Well, first of all, he was the one, by instruction of the Father, who said, we're going to the other side. By the way, oh, this makes me want to preach on this, but I'm not going to. I'm being, I'm being good today. Okay, so on the other side was mission. That was the Gentile territory. So he said, look, the Father is saying, we need to go over there. That's where the next mission activity is going to be. And the hour is not yet, Mira. And so he knows this is not the hour. See, he can trust. Hello. He can rest in the care of the Father, even though a storm is threatening to take him out. The disciples are screaming, ah! They're trying to bail out the water, forgetting that Jesus, who told them we're going to the other side, is in the boat. You see, you need that type of sleep through the storm rest. I'm talking about right now. We could talk about when it hits the fan really soon. But I'm talking about right now when you're stressed, when you got no more energy, when you feel like crying when you go to sleep, amen, when you can't pay the bill. I don't know how I'm going to pay for them to go to school. I don't know how I'm going to do it. You need to have a rest that endures. If we're going to make it in these last days, we need a rest that endures. By the way, you don't have the strength. That's why you need to rest in he who has the strength. Yeah, this is, this is almost a passive, inact, uh, almost a, uh, 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 active passivity. It's, it's yes, what my, the, the work that I'm going to do is to trust. Yeah, that, that's what he's calling me to do. Not try to figure it out and manipulate and control. No, rest. It's all falling apart, Lord. My life, I can't put it together. I'm still on the throne, even though elections have just passed and everybody's freaking out. Jesus still reigns. Hello, is anybody under the reign of Christ in this place? And so because he reigns, I can rest. Because he's gone to the cross, I can rest. 
and it's a rest that endures. Even when this power that's ramping up now, even when it is going to threaten my rest through legislation, Jesus says you can still rest. Yes, because what he does is he preserves his people. You see it all through the scripture. He hides them. He, 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 he kind of almost covers them in his pavilion so that they can, like Jesus, in a storm. All the disciples are screaming. I, I believe Jesus was snoring. That's just my holy preacher's imagine. He was deep in some sleep. You need a rest that endures. But as we close here, it endures into eternity. Because what happens with this rest that you have in Christ every day and that you have on the seventh-day Sabbath every week is that it's not only pointing you to the rest that you have in Christ of the gospel, it is pointing you, if you endure, to eternal rest. Go with me to Isaiah. Oh, I love this, because when I think about my grandmother, I want you to read this with me. Isaiah chapter 66. He can't close his book without talking about this kind of rest. I want you to listen to this. Verse 22. For as the new heavens... Mm, mm, mm. And the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord. So shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another. Are you hearing this? All flesh shall come to worship before me. Hold your, hold, your, hold your finger there. Go on over to the end of the story. Revelation chapter 21. Oh, sin is no more now in Revelation 21. Suffering is no more in Revelation 21. Where's Yvette? Yvette, fibromyalgia pains are no more. There's no more funerals in Revelation 21. And you need to go here now. When you get to Revelation chapter 21, I'm going there too. I want you to read verse 1, then we're going to go down to verse 4. Now I saw a new heaven and a new what? Earth. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Now go down to verse number 4, and I love this. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. No more sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. The reason why we need to enter his rest is because the Sabbath is intended to be a taste of eternal rest. Your experience on the seventh-day Sabbath is pointing you through the gospel of Jesus Christ to a rest that you shall have for the ceaseless ages of eternity. Now, the Bible just said that you're going to have a set from one Sabbath to the nether, right? So from one week to the other. But, it's, but the whole duration is considered a Sabbath because there will be no more threat to your rest. There'll be no more sin. There'll be no more drama, right? There'll be no more attitudes. There'll be no more wars. We're going to put away all the bazookas and weapons, and we're going to be farming, <laughs> right? 
the lion shall lay down with the lamb. And we're going to say, remember we used to call this thing back in the day when we, uh, what was it called again? Funerals, I think that's what it was called. What was that thing that you used to have? Oh yeah, I used to have this pain in my arm. And well, What was that thing called again? Oh yeah, that was called uh, arthritis. I think that's what that was. It's going to all be forgotten, family. This is going to be a distant memory. The, 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 the trials and the pain that you're experiencing will be gone. And Sabbath is supposed to be a taste of that eternal rest. And so I wish I had more of you last night as we talked about different ways to delight in the day. Because the Sabbath is not about a day. If you were there last night, right? She's nodding. The Sabbath is about a relationship which this time allows you to deepen. The Sabbath is about relationships because relationships need time. And guess what? There is coming a rest where we will have all the time in eternity. So why don't we make the Sabbath a delight? I said last night that some of the Jews, do you know what they do to make the Sabbath a delight for their kids? They only give them candy on the Sabbath because they want them to grow up associating the Sabbath with something sweet. Can you come up with something creative to delight in this celebratory holy day? Please do it. Because this is a taste of heaven now. Not just when we come in here, as wonderful as this is. Make it special. Enjoy it. Rest, but begin in your relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Living for Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.